Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. It's such a pleasure to do this show since Donald Trump is out of office. For four years, this show was difficult to do. It was all Donald Trump every every Tuesday night, and it was like it was gutter politics. It was like doing the show from the sewer. Uh, nothing that he ever did or said was good, uh, and it, it just was hard. But that's what was there, and that was was what I had to talk about, and I did. It's a new world today. Uh, with Trump gone, we there's, we hear about him, but very little. Uh, we heard about him today. He's, they called for a grand jury in, in New York in the Manhattan uh, DA's office uh, to look at Trump's activities. That's a major step forward in the press, in his prosecution, if there be one. And then we'll be back into Donald Trump every day for a long time. But right now, tonight is a good, soft evening. Nice things to talk about, and I'm glad that it was that kind of a week. We're going to go to Tampa, Boston, New York City, uh, Maricopa County, Arizona, Wyoming, Washington, D.C., Bermuda, Israel, Gaza, London, and Key West. And our story, our show tonight begins in Key West. Believe it or not, I'm starting off in Key West, and I think this is one of it's a great story I'm going to share with you. It's a sensitive one. It will touch your heartstrings. Uh, I wrote this blog. I wrote a blog on this subject matter on Sunday. Went over big. Got a lot of comments. Uh, and that was my whole blog. It involved a girl by the name of Angelica Harris. And the title was There is Good. The story of Angelica Harris. So I'm going to run through the blog with you now, picking out spots, uh, reading them to you, recalling some things. And I think by the end of this story, you will agree, and I'll be surprised if you don't have a tear in your eye. So again, the title is There is Good, the Story of Angelica Harris. In a time of war, dirty politics, threats of rebellion, discrimination, etc., there is good. Angelica's story portrays that good, love personifying the final result. When Angelica's condition came to my attention in October 2020, I wrote a blog seeking assistance for her, followed it up with two or three reminders, made it a part of one of my Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou shows. Other social media sites did likewise. Angelica had a problem. Besides professional help, She added her own assistance. She contacted many social media sites, hoping they would share her search. Angelica needed a kidney. This blog is a, she needed a kidney. (laughs) Her story is amazing. This blog is a combination of three separate social media messages. My initial blog and two by Angelica on Facebook. I have to say this. God held Angelica in his hand and took care of her. Following is her story. And what follows is my Key West Lou blog of November 24, 2020, the first time I wrote about Angelica, November 24, 2020. And it started, her name is Angelica Harris. 
age 35. She needs a life-saving donor kidney. Angelica was born in the Philippines, met a U.S. serviceman stationed there in 2012. They fell in love and in 2014 married. Her husband eventually was stationed in Key West. They moved to Key West April 19, 2020. She worked at a Key West resort a short time till the pandemic hit. She was furloughed, then laid off. Along the way, she became a U.S. citizen and completed her master's in business administration. She and her husband continued to live in Key West. Angelica was having difficulty getting pregnant. She and her husband went to Miami, Miami to see a reproductive specialist. Lab work was done. Her cretin level was 3.14. Normal range is 0.150. No, it's 0.50 uh, to 1.10. Uh, she was retested. Her uh, creatinine levels remained high. In, in April, Angelica was referred to a nephrologist. More tests done. The results scary. Her kidneys were only functioning at 16%. She was told she had less than five years before she would have to go on dialysis. Angelica's diagnosis was stage four chronic kidney disease. A preemptive kidney transplant was recommended. In other words, get one before the five years are up, get ahead of the game. Her stress level began building during this time. In July, Angelica completed her pre her kidney pre-transplant evaluation. Uh, in August, she was approved for a kidney transplant at Cleveland Clinic, Florida. At that time, she was listed on the United Network for Organ Sharing, the waiting list. Angelica was told at the time locating a kidney donor to meet her requirements could take up to five years. The next month was September. Angelica was blessed. She had matched with a living donor in California. The donor went through all donation processes and interviews. The donor was denied because of a urinary tract infection history. Hope springs eternal. Angelica had faith. However, uh, she was not one to wait for another donor to pop up on the list. In addition to the posting, she was also out there seeking a donor on her own uh, with messages primarily over the Internet. Social media, her, her vehicle, Facebook and Instagram, her Facebook site, Kidney for Angelica, Instagram, at Kidney for Angelica. The Key West Weekly Notice what happens here. This is a local newspaper, and it shows the value of these local newspapers. And the Key West Weekly is an excellent one. The Key West Weekly on October 22, 2020, wrote an article about Angelica and her search. I discovered it yesterday. This blog was written in November, remember? I discovered it yesterday in a month-old copy, which I came upon by chance. I emailed Angelica and asked permission to write her story. She agreed. I will also be talking about her tonight on Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. Angelica's mission in seeking a donor kidney is threefold. She wants to live a long and healthy life. She wishes to avoid dialysis, and she wants to become a mother. May God grant all of her three wishes. Next, I'm going to take you into Angelica's May 21st, 2021 story 
on Facebook, which she wrote, telling how she made the connection for a donor uh, kidney and what happened to her. It's just amazing what I'm going to share with you. Note, she wrote this on May 21st. Wild. Actually found out about my story through the Keys Weekly newspaper in October 2020. She registered at Cleveland Clinic, Florida, and went through a long process of lab work and interviews for months. Cleveland Clinic confirmed that she had a living donor, kidney donor, in April 2021. Ashley and I had our kidney transplant at Kidney at Cleveland Clinic from Florida on May 17th at 9 a.m. The procedure went for a total of five hours. That's just two weeks ago. I am now at home in Key West and will be traveling to Weston twice a week for lab work and follow-ups. Ashley lives in Jacksonville, Florida. Praise to God for blessing me with an amazing living kidney donor like Ashley. Thank you so much for your love and support. Now, attached to that uh, message on Facebook written by Ashley and just written by her less than a week ago was a photo, okay, of she, Angelica, and Ashley. Now, what's absolutely amazing is that they look like sisters. They look like twins. Uh, they both must be from the Philippines or somewhere uh, from Asia. They both are the same height, the, the same stature, the same body, the same smile. Both beautiful women, by the way. Um, absolutely amazing. Anyhow, uh, I did not attach the photo to, to the blog. I, I did this blog on Sunday that I'm sharing with you now. But I did attach... Uh, two messages from Angelica, and this was all run on Facebook by her. And she said, I could not transfer, oh, I said, I could not transfer the photo attachment short of bringing the whole thing over, which follows as part and parcel of Angelica's story. It reflects love, a love that will last a lifetime. And here's what she said. It is an honor to introduce you my phenomenal, genuine, exceptional, down-to-earth, environmentalist, kind-hearted, living kidney donor. Ashley found out about me through an article published in the Keys Weekly on October 22, 2020. Thank you very much for the love and support. Ashley and I were strangers, and yet she did not hesitate to register to see if we were a match. Uh, I have about close to 10 strangers who attempted to register at Cleveland Clinic, Florida, to see if they could donate life to me, life to me. And I am grateful for all of them. God has plans for me to meet a person with passion for humanity like Ashley. Ashley, this is just the beginning of our lives together. You and I are families now. My family and friends are yours too. And that's the story. We're families now. My family and friends are yours too. I have not met Ashley, not rather, not Ashley. I have not met Angelica. I look forward to it at some time after she's done running back and forth to Weston. Uh, has to be an amazing, amazing creature. She did not sit on her butt and wait for the national system to find her donor, which might have taken five years. She went out on her own, went to, again, the social media sites, talked to people, did this, did that, 
and in less than a year, in about six months, came up with two kidneys. The first one was no good for transfer. The second one was. Absolutely amazing. God bless her. Now moving on, we're going to do a little sports now. And we're going to start with Phil Mickelson. You know what he did. What, what Sunday was fantastic. If you're into golf, there was nothing better than Sunday. Phil Mickelson, age 50, actually 50 years, 11 months, okay, won the PGA, one of the majors in golf. No one has won at the age of 50. Julius Burroughs did it, I think, in 1948 when he was 48. Jack Nicholas did it maybe 10, 12 years ago when he was 46. Both accidents. You don't do this when you're an old person. Now Phil Mickelson wins at the age of 50. Uh, I, I, I made some observations while I was watching him Sunday. Being 85, I know how you feel when you get old. He's an athlete. He's got to feel worse, even though he's 35 years younger. I could see him tiring on the back nine, uh, whereas he played perfect golf uh, for three and a half days. Uh, the ball started going into the rough. His drives weren't straight. They weren't on the fairways. Uh, missed two short putts. Uh, and and I, I think he had, at one point, he had a five-stroke lead. And I, I didn't know if he was going to make it. Uh, it was that difficult. You could see him. He was working. But he did. He won. The other thing was, if any of you watched it on TV, you understand what I'm going to share. If not, the next time they place this on TV for some sports show, watch what happened on the 18th whole Sunday in PGA. The crowd, I've never seen this before. The masks are off. There's no social distancing. The, the patrons, the supporters are on the golf course. When, when he was going to the 18th hole, the putt, they surrounded him. It was like he was in the middle of an army. You couldn't see him. He was gone. All right? I have never seen that kind of support on a golf course. You don't do that on a golf course. But the crowd was so excited for the phenomena that he was going to accomplish that that's the way they reacted. Absolutely amazing. What a wonderful day. And I'm going to tell you something. He may never win another tournament the rest of his life. In fact, I doubt he will. Let me say it that way. He hasn't won a tournament in a year. He hasn't been in the top 20 in a year. But he said to Jack Nicholas a couple of months ago, and they shared this uh, in a news release, he said to Nicholas, I think I still have a big one in me. I think I still have a big one in me. And here a fellow who didn't even get into the top 20 all year ends up winning the PGA. He had one more in him. Doesn't have to do anything else the rest of his life. Another great athlete, Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth, my God, Babe Ruth. Uh, I've only seen him in movies when I'm 85. Anyhow, Babe Ruth slowed down. I was just talking about with Mickelson, with me. I, as a lawyer, I slowed down. I retired after 46 years. I, I lost my edge. I knew it. Maybe nobody else did. But I knew my edge was, my place was the courtroom. That was my golf course, my baseball field. I lost my edge. I wasn't as quick with the objections. I'd miss something. I'd forget something. Uh, again, it wasn't obvious, but I knew it was there, and I saw a decline in my abilities for nothing more than age. And it was a time for me. It wasn't, again, visible. I didn't lose a case because of it. 
but I couldn't subject my clients to something like this, and I didn't feel good trying a case in that way. So I understand. Babe Ruth was with the New York Yankees when he had his glorious years, and then he faded. And it's 1935, and the Yankees let him go, and so he went with the Boston Braves, I believe on a one-year contract. He was old. He was fat. He was always fat, but he got fat, fat. Uh, His feet didn't move swiftly. When he ran to first base, it was slow. He had a a home run in order to make it to first base and the rest of the bases. Anyhow, on this day, August 20, May 25th, 1935, he hit home runs number 712, 713, and 714, plus a double in one game, three home runs, and a double, okay? It was the end of his career. He was a wise man also because he retired five days later. He retired five days later. He had finally hit the he, the, the... he must have had it in his mind. He had to have it in his mind, and he wanted to go out in a blaze of glory. He did go out in a blaze of glory, and it was time to pack it in, and he did. Now, this is very interesting what I'm going to share with you. Uh, and I ran this in my blog this morning, by the way, what I'm going to share with you now. It was the title, uh, it was the lead story in my blog this morning. Uh, you're not going to believe this. I, I, I don't know where these things come from, but this is true. There is an elite Manhattan prep school called Columbia Grammar and Preparation School. Columbia Grammar and Preparation School. Uh, this is a rather expensive place, one of the best places in New York City to send your children for grammar school, high school. Uh, it, the tuition is $47,000 a year. Private school, prep school, $47,000 a year. Some colleges don't charge that much for tuition. Okay? Uh, I'm laughing. That's so much money. Well, they now have a porn you heard me, porn, literary class. Uh, It teaches the kids, and I'm going to call them kids, about, and I quote, kink and BDSM. You heard me, kink and BDSM. The school itself, big reputation, fine reputation, founded in 1764. In 2015, Business Insider, okay, listed the school as the ninth most elite prep school in New York City. The ninth most elite prep school in New York City. And to evidence, to show that it was a quality, it is, was a quality and is a quality place, this is where Baron Trump went to school before he moved to Washington. Okay? So, I... That's just something about I, I just don't understand why they have to teach this to younger children. They're children, younger kids, and even older kids. What the hell should they know, excuse me, for about kink and BDSM? When they become adults, they'll spend enough time learning about those things if they want to. Uh, I don't even know if it's good for them, to be perfectly frank. I'm not a prude. I'm not a holier than now. Uh, but I find something repulsive about this. But in any event, that's a course being taught at a school that charges $47,000 a year for your child 
to attend. January 6th, I, I, it repulsive that day. Uh, it'll never be out of your mind. It will never be out of my mind. Uh, the vision on TV of the terrorists, they're terrorists, uh, attacking the Capitol, beating up cops, breaking down windows, breaking down doors, going into the Capitol, destroying things, taking over the, the House of Representatives, uh, sitting at Nancy Pelosi's desk, yelling, hang, hang uh, Pence, Pence. Who could have been more loyal to Donald Trump than Pence? But the word was, hang Pence. And I've got to tell you something. If they found him, they would have hung him. They already had the gallows outside. And the thought occurs now, and, and, and some information that's been coming out since January 6th, they would have hung his wife and children also. This is sick. Sick, sick, sick. It's being investigated now. Apparently investigated very thoroughly. Over 400, it's reported over 400 people have been arrested thus far. Uh, I hope they keep going. I, I believe there are leaders to this. Leaders of the, ver you know, white supremacist groups and so forth. They are the terrorist groups. The, the, they, they had to participate in the planning of this thing and were probably there. But even if they weren't, they had, they had to participate in the planning. This was big time. They were going to take over the government of the United States and almost did. I also believe, and I've nothing to support my thought, but I think it will, I believe, I don't even think, I honestly believe it will come out. We're going to find some of our Congress people, senators, uh, House representatives, people participated also that they met in the planning uh, of the attack, the terrorist attack, uh, in various ways. Didn't participate on the day of, but were involved in the planning. May they all be arrested, may they all be prosecuted, and may they all go to jail. Now, that's just a prelude to the story I wish to share with you. Um, one of the men arrested and charged is an active duty, active duty United States Marine Major. You heard me, an active duty United States Marine Major, okay? He was arrested for participating in January 6th, all right? Uh, his name is Major Christopher Warnagaris, W-A-R-N-A-G-I-R-I-S. Um uh, Again, active duty, and the charge, part of the charge reads, and I quote, uh, vi violently entered the Capitol on January 6th after pushing through a line of police officers uh, guarding the east rotunda doors, then used his body to keep a door open so others could enter. Video shows the major pushing away a Capitol police officer uh, as he tried to go in, and the police officer was trying to close the door. Now, bad guy. I'm going to tell you, he's not going to be the only active duty military person who was involved. They will find more. Uh, from what I read, and I'm sure most of you read it too, there were many uh, active military people involved in this terrorist reaction. Uh, I, I don't understand. Don't we say, God bless America, I love America? These people actually believe the election was stolen from Donald Trump. 
and our country screwed up, and they were going to save the country's ass. That's the only way to put it. They didn't realize the evil they were doing. And whoever's responsible, they should be punished so it may never happen again. May it be a warning. Going to go now to that great place, uh, Maricopa, uh, Maricopa County. I'm laughing already. Uh, Arizona. The Republican Party in Arizona is falling apart. Isn't that wonderful? It's of their own doing. <laughs> they own the state, the Republicans. It's it's a Republican state, unquestionably, tending, tending to go Democratic, may in the next presidential election, if not definitely the next one. The Senate started the whole thing, the Arizona Senate. Understand what I'm going to share with you now. The, the Republicans controlled the Senate by only two votes. That's why it's going to happen. The Re Democrats have been moving up and up and up. All right? Well, they decided that the election was a fraud. There was, the ballots were stolen or changed somehow. The machinery was screwed up. And they issued a subpoena on the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. There's only five supervisors, uh, three are Republican and two Democrats. You see the way that's going to? Anyhow, uh, so they had to comply with the subpoena. As it turns out, over 400 election machines were taken and removed to some kind of a huge auditorium. Uh, they were supposed to be done by mid-May. It's now the end of May. And the, the most recent word is they will be finished by the end of June, which probably means sometime in July. So it's taken them much longer than planned. Uh, they take every ballot and they scrutinize it in every possible way. They have golden lights on it, blue lights, purple lights, red lights. They're looking for things. They even have a machine that searches for little pieces of bamboo. Because this group who is doing this, quote, audit, unquote, believes that China somehow got involved with the Democrats to cheat Biden out of the election. And that's where the pieces of bamboo came from. You read it already. If you haven't, go look at the news articles. Uh, anyhow, the Secretary of State, Katie Hobbs, is upset. Because they can't keep moving these machines around. They moved them in. They had to move them out because it was a high school graduation. Then they moved them back in. They're destroying the machines. You can't. These are delicate things. You can't keep moving them back and forth. And she sent a letter to the Senate saying, I don't even think these machines are going to be safe enough to use in the subsequent election. I have, and I quote, a grave concern regarding the the, the security and the integrity of the machines. Now, understand, please, what I'm going to share with you. All right? Those machines, that, those 400 machines, to replace them would be $6 million. See how this stupid audit, which isn't required, it was the first election ever, uh, is going to uh, cost the taxpayers a lot of money also there. Uh, all right, so that's what's happening. Now the, the Board of Supervisors, uh, Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, has brought a lawsuit uh, uh, over the weekend against the Arizona Senate. Don't know where it's going, saying, hey, we got to stop this. this. Excuse my language, folks. This is bullshit, in effect. Shouldn't even be what they're doing. And these are Republicans who are leading the, the, the fight in, on the Board of Supervisors. So it's a mess. 
my fear, if this continues, and if it has any degree of success, and it doesn't appear it will thus far, and I don't think it will, it's going to happen in other states, though. This whole situation, examine the, do an audit, do an extra audit, keep pushing the audit, began with the Heritage Foundation. The Heritage Foundation is an extreme right group, been around for maybe 30, 40, 50 years, and someone within there that is an older, rich man is financing this whole thing, okay? And they already have made plans, from what I've read, to do the same type of uh, situation that's going on in Arizona in 47 other states. The wheels are in progress to do that. We can't keep this up. Biden's been found to be president. It's over. It will go nowhere. How does this end? It's a disgrace. It's an embarrassment. Uh, and that's the way that is. Uh, I got little time here. Let me tell you about poor Liz Cheney. Uh, the Republicans have committed a faux pas in the state of Wyoming. That's where Liz Cheney is a congresswoman. Uh, they're going to run a primary against her. They want to get rid of her, the Republicans. Her, her, they picked the right guy. Her GOP challenger, a Republican challenger, uh, is in the state Senate. Comes out that he impregnated a 14-year-old girl when she was 18. He said it was like Romeo and Juliet. Okay. Uh, can you imagine? They got Matt Gates. Now they got this guy in Wyoming. They're doing well. They don't know how to keep it in their pants. Uh, anyhow, he married her when he was 19 and she was 15. Her parents had to give consent, of course. They were divorced three years later. But that's what happened there. That is my show for this week. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't have more time. I keep thinking about extending the show another half hour. Anyhow, it's done. My seconds are running. i only got a few left. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to being with you again next week.